Hey Facebook, it's Joycelyn Wells with Joy Exposed. Today is Wednesday, December 18th, I believe. Yeah, December 18th. Last week was the 11th. So today is Wednesday, December 18th. And uh, believe it or not, we only have two more Joy Exposed episodes before we start the new year off right. 2020, we're almost there. So I'll have one tonight and I'll have one Christmas night. I think Christmas night, maybe I'll add a bedtime story. I haven't done that in a while. Maybe I'll read something new from um, the, the third virtues. So welcome tonight and we shall get started. So of course, three cheers of joy. We always start with three cheers of joy. And yes, I'm still drinking that same wine from three weeks ago by Bada Box, the Pinot Grigio. I'm still drinking it because I haven't ran out of it. I'm actually on the third box now. So hopefully I'll finish it. <laughs> I guess I could stop drinking it at any time, but it was such a good price. I felt like I need to drink all of it. So the wine tonight is Bada Box. It's a Pinot Grigio. I'm still drinking out of my 50 years of joy, hashtag 50 years of joy, my glass from Stephanie Specialties. So I'm still rocking with that. Um, so let's get started. Oh, I do this every time. So you know any past episodes from when I very started on April 11th, all the way back to April 11th, you can download from SoundCloud, iTunes, Spotify, iHeartRadio, YouTube, or even just go to my website that links to everything, JoycelynWells.com. JoycelynWells.com is my website. Everything's on there. Um, any upcoming events, new books coming out, books just coming out, all of everything you can access from my website, my blog, all of it. So please feel free to check out from my website. That would be awesome. I would love to love the traffic. So here we go. Three cheers of joy. Let's get started. So three cheers of joy. Remember, moments of self-celebration from your week, and they only have to do with you. Um, just those moments, those selfish moments of understanding and giving kudos to us for our things. So let me start with that. So first thing, I... Um, I've been sick. You guys remember last week, I stopped about 20 minutes early because I was sick. I'm still still kind of in it. I got the little cough. I think this time of year, I'm kind of having Sudafed and um, cough drops and wine. That's how I'm surviving to get rid of, get through the new year, get through the end of the year anyway. So I had my cough, my little cold started last week, and I was able to push it aside for the big field trip we had last week. So cheers to being able to push through the cold. It's amazing how when you have so much stuff going on in your life, you can't really give in to the yuckety yuck, right? You have to keep going. And when we get to this place, we start looking at other people who can't get through it as like, what are you complaining about? Just do the shit. Why are we even tripping on it? So cheers to being able to push the cold to the side and just to stay active and to stay productive. So cheers. Hi there, Kim. Hi, Keith. So thank you guys for joining everybody. So cheers to that, being able to push the cold to the side. The other cheer, so my second cheer of joy is I've only really purchased one Christmas gift, and I'm very pleased that I was able to pull the trigger to get it. So I'm proud of myself. I, I don't know that I've ever shared this with you guys before, but I almost have a phobia of spending a lot of money. So I don't know if it's a phobia of spending a lot of money or the phobia of not having any money. Either way, it's an issue with me when I have to drop some money 
at one time. So cheers to me. I responded early enough. I did what I needed to do without waiting till the last minute. So cheers to kind of trusting that the money will continue to come and that um, I made a decision to do something. So I'm very pleased with that. So it doesn't matter what the gift was. The gift the fact that I had to spend money to do it and I did it. So cheers to me for kind of getting over the hump and buying something. Cheers. My third cheer of joy is I just published more Virtues of Joy 3 about not even a week ago, but I designed the book cover for my next book, which is Authenticity. So I'm already planning forward on what's happening next. I think I mentioned what was I going to write on next, and I think it kind of decided itself. So cheers to me for getting comfortable with um, knowing that I am a writer and I have to continue to move forward. So there's a celebration there. I've already kind of planned what my next move is going to be as far as writing. So cheers to that. So cheers. So those are my three cheers of joy. The first one was pushing my cold aside and going through with everything I needed to do. The second was um, dropping some money for a major purchase, which makes me kind of queasy to do that. But I did it. I'm very pleased that I was able to do that. Well, fuck it. I'm pleased that I had the money to do that. Like that's a <laughs> that's a celebration in itself. So cheers to that. And then third, that I've kind of planned my next book, which book will come out next. And um, that's where I will spend time writing. So that's the virtue of um, authenticity. It was in the second book and it's kind of evolved into its own novel. So I will be finishing that up hopefully by the end of February or March. It's about halfway done anyway, but just to kind of go through and add everything else that um, that's not in there. So I'm very pleased. And I had the artwork already painted for that as well. So, you know, it kind of fell into place on its own. So I'm very grateful. I'm drinking Butterbox. It's that wine I bought on clearance, remember, three weeks ago. I'm still drinking that. This is my last week drinking that, even if I throw the rest of this shit away. I'm over it already because I don't even really drink white wine. And I got it just because it was on sale. But so Butterbox Pinot Grigio. All right. So um, let's keep moving. Facebook post of the week. I've got several that I chose, and then I had a conversation that happened today. I'm going to have to um, shit. Oh, I'm ago, sorry. I'm I got a that. conversation that I started last week. week I mean, today right, I'm going to so, have to share on um, with you guys that. Um, so I'll do my Facebook post of the week. Uh, let me do that first. Hold on. Let me find it. Okay. So my Facebook post of the week, I choose somebody's post and. I um, share that and give my comments on it. So let me find it. Um, do, do, do. There was several, actually, uh, that I liked. So one of them by Natalie Ann Williams. Sometimes she's on the show. I don't know if she's on tonight. But this one <clears throat> I really like because it kind of goes in line with stuff that I say all the time. Hi, Stephanie. Thanks for joining this kind of goes in line with stuff that I say all the time. So uh, a lady wrote, it's in a group called Conversations About Relationships. I'm not in the group. Someone screenshot it and, and save it, saved it. I mean, sent it out, you know, shared it, I guess. So the conversation is, dear men, how can we love you better? Honest answers. And one of the responses was to 
Stop giving us a second chance to hurt you. Hold us accountable. I expect more from us. No more mommying. And so I really like that, especially with it coming from a man. Because as women, we've talked about this before, as women, we tend to fall into a mommy role with men trying to help them grow and to guide them and to keep giving them do-overs. And you know what? This was an honest answer. As many opportunities as you give someone to hurt you, that's as many opportunities, many times as they will hurt you. So it doesn't get any better. <clears throat> it doesn't get any better. We've talked about the idea of somebody lying to you, the deceit that goes with that, the planning that goes along with lying to you. We've thought about people, we've talked about people taking advantage of you and making ill use of you. All of those things that we talked about, none of that stuff is a surprise. When somebody, think about yourself, when you're trying to get over on somebody, it doesn't just happen that you got over on something, on somebody. There's a plan that goes along with it. So when we have these relationships with men and we put ourselves in the mother role, one, because we feel like we're in a better position in our life. So we're already making a judgment on where they are. We may have a better job. We may have more money and we want them. So when women want men and we start making all these concessions to show him that, oh, this is a good place to be, he knows he can fuck up as many times as he wants to. And we're going to just keep allowing them to come back. So that was a real honest answer to how do we love you better? And that's the truth. Hold them accountable for doing the bullshit that they do and not let people hurt you over and over. If it was girlfriends if two women who are friend girls or girlfriends, if they had some of the issues that the male-female relationships had, those friendships would end immediately because women are more inclined to hold each other accountable for the bullshit than we are to hold the men accountable for the bullshit. But men need it. Men need to grow up. Um, a lot of them need to grow up. Some of them are grown up already. You know, it's different stages of existing. But if you... Find yourself dealing with a man who is not grown up or who's immature and he's you're mommying him and you're trying to he's explaining to you why he did X, Y, Z, why he continues to hurt you, why well, blah, 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 blah. You're allowing those behaviors to continue. You're saying, OK, I understand why you hurt me and stay here and you're going to keep hurting me and I'm going to take it until you get fed up or you're in there and you got some kids or, you know, some um, extenuating circumstances that you can't leave. Well, stop doing that. Like, we have to be strong enough and aware enough of ourselves as people, not even just women, as people to understand that our goodness is promised to us. Like, our goodness is promised to us. It doesn't come from a man mistreating us. That's holding us in the muck. That's holding us in place. That's you being held hostage by you trying to raise somebody else's child. You have no idea the shit they've been through in their life, what they've seen, why they are the way they are. But we feel like we want to keep them in our lives. So we want to do what we can do to keep them around. And it's damaging. So hope, just like you hold your children accountable, you hold your coworkers accountable, you hold yourself accountable. Men aren't exempt from that. And I've told you guys before, I love men. Men are amazing. I give men so much respect and so much power and so much understanding because of the way, the clarity at which they can see things, the clarity at which they move across the earth. And men see in a different space. 
when they are not opposed to growing, when they are not opposed to growing up and accepting the responsibilities of being a man and they see different from us. And I appreciate that, right? I love it and I give them so much credit for it. However, when a man is not allowed to grow or to mature and he's afraid to move and he's stuck, he's not going to see. He can see in a limited, very limited space, but he won't be able to see in a space to lead you or to give you insight on what's coming next or even if there is a next. So we have to really be very careful with giving people a pass on bullshit. Hold people accountable for it. I mean, that's ultimately it. I mean, wh why wouldn't you? Aren't you worth it? Aren't you worthy of somebody being accountable for who they are and their actions? Aren't you worth that? Like, do we have to relegate ourselves to a position of being less than or to receive less because we, what, we hope he becomes? No, we can't do that. Because if you allow yourself to get into a low space, that's where he's going to keep you. No man is going to, no man who loves you, who sees himself in you, sees you as an extension of who he is, will leave you in a low rung space. That's not what he wants to do. He wants to move you forward. He wants you to progress because he wants to. So we have to be very careful with that. And you know what? Stop treating men like babies, you know, if you're dating. And hell, men too, stop treating women like babies. You know what? Adults in a relationship are adults in a relationship. So I just wanted really to kind of touch that as my Facebook post of the week. And women want to know, how do we love you better? How do we, shit, treat me like a man. Treat me like a man, not like your child. Don't talk to me like a child. Don't berate me. Don't argue with me. Don't, don't do any of that. Treat me like a whole ass man. Treat me like a man. That's going to be the best that you get out of me because you're going to show me, you're going to show me how I'm supposed to respond to you because you're going to hold me accountable for the shit that I do. So that's, you know, really interesting for me. I, um, when I I'll tell you a short story, when I moved here to Lakeland, I was dating this guy that lived here for a little while. We met at a restaurant well, like a bar pool hall kind of place. And we dated a few times and we would go, we would meet. We never like, he never picked me up for a date because I didn't want anybody to know where I lived. I just talked about this. I kind of allow myself that time to live off the grid. I don't want anybody in my, I didn't want anybody in my space. I wasn't open to anybody knowing anything other than what I was immediately giving. So that was a big deal for me. But we would meet for a movie or we would meet for dinner. And, you know, I would go and I would get there. If we were meeting at seven, I'd get there at 6.55. Time is important to me. I'd get there at 6.55. He may come at 7.10. 708 you know he would be late he would be late each time never was the on time it was always late right so one morning uh we were supposed to meet for breakfast at seven and i think i got there at like 707 and that's another thing with me i never i'm not like i don't round the numbers in time it's like i don't say like oh 705 and it's 704 i'll say 704 or it's going to take me five minutes or six minutes you know i'm very specific about that but anyway so we were meeting for breakfast and I got there late. Well, not really late. I got there at 7.08 when it was supposed to be seven. Well, he happened to be there at seven. So he had an attitude with me for like the first part of breakfast. And I finally asked him, I was like, um, what's the problem? You asked me to come to breakfast and you want to sit here and 
have an attitude. I could have gone on to work. Like, what is the deal? And he was like, well, I wanted to see you and you're going to come in here late and blah, blah, blah. And I was like, I'm not late. He was like, yeah, you're supposed to be here at seven. I said, but hold on a minute. You have established a range of time for meeting anywhere between eight and 17 minutes of after when we're supposed to meet. So if I'm within that eight or 17 minutes, I'm on time. You're the man, you established how that shit works. And he was like, what? He was like, wait a minute, what? I said, every time that we meet, you're late. You come after the time. He says, well, if it was a problem, you should have said it was a problem. I said, it wasn't a problem until this moment, it's a problem. I didn't have a problem with it. You have a problem with it. I said, so if you are the man and we're dating and you establish that we can be between uh, eight and 16 or eight and 17 minutes late when we're meeting, then I, as long as I'm within that time range, I'm fine. And he just sat there and really looked at me. He says, well, I mean, I could have other stuff to do. And I said, well, is your time more important than mine? Are you telling me it's okay for me to sit and wait for you, but you can't sit and wait for me? Do you think your time is more important than mine? Do you think you're better than me? Do you? He was just sitting there and he just got really quiet and was just looking at me. And I was like, what? Answer the question. Are you better than me? Do you think that? You know, because I'm like, fuck you. You know, you're better than me. I don't give a shit. So he said... You know, we sat, we finished our, ate our breakfast and everything, and he was really quiet. And he said, you know what, as long as I've been doing this, dating and coming and going as I pleased, he said, there's never been a person to hold me accountable for the shit that I do. He said, no one's ever called me out on my shit. And I was like, well, good for you. Like, good for you, right? So, I mean, this is the time. So that's what I'm talking about. We can't we can't give people a pass on just treating us like crap. We can't hold somebody accountable. And that's what men want to know. They want to be held accountable. That's what men need to be held accountable. Do it. If they don't want and they want to play games, let them go play games somewhere else. How's it going to benefit you if they're wasting your fucking time? It's not. So shout out to that. My Facebook post of the week. I was very pleased about that one. And uh, just holding people accountable, not mommying men, grown ass men. They know they don't want to be treated like their mom. Like they don't want you to treat them like you're their mom. They want to be treated like men. So give it to them. And I know that was just one speaking for masses, but that was the comment that stood out. And I loved it, loved it, loved it, loved it. So that's my Facebook post of the week. And, um, Let's see what time. It's 921 already. Okay, cool. So uh, remember, Joy Exposed Live is on December 26th at West Main Exchange. It's from 7 to 9. We're going to see how that goes the day after. How that goes the day after um, Christmas. So we're going to see what that's going to be about. I'm really excited about that. Trying to figure out what format I'm going to use um, to kind of see, uh, you know, what's going to be the best way. Last time, last month was really cool. So I get to try that again. Um also, before I go on to uh, before I go on to topics, la last weekend, let's say not last weekend, weekend before last, I was in Atlanta for a couple of events, and I met um, this guy at Monticello's Cigar Bar, and um, I've challenged myself to talk to twenty different people a day about my books and my podcast. 
because I'm really sucky. I'm kind of introverted and I don't really talk to people like that. So it's a challenge I've been working on. So I usually get about four or five. The most I've ever had is like 12, I think, because I'm just, it's stressful for me, like to just walk up to somebody and start marketing or networking. That's stressful for me. So um, I was at Monticello. It's a cigar bar and restaurant. And it's a lot of stuff that happens in there. I think it's a dance club too. I never went to that part. But and it's on Powers Ferry. So I was there and I started meeting. I had a couple of cocktails and I got a little jazzy. So I was okay. So I started going around meeting people. So I walked up. <coughs> excuse me. I walked up to this um, group of guys that were maybe three or four of them. And I passed out my business cards and started talking to them. So one of the guys, his name is Reggie. I met him. He actually starting a blog on january 1st it comes out it's um called stickman stickman.blog and they're showcasing local cigar pubs and cocktails and people who um you know smoke and hang out in that you know in that kind of sector and so his blog comes out on january 1st well I talked to him that night and then he reached out via email saying that he wanted to get with me and possibly interview me as one of his thick women to kick off the blog season. So um, that was really cool. And, you know, you meet people and they tell you this and they're going to reach out or you try to connect and you don't really connect. And I was really pleased that he emailed me and um, we had an opportunity to talk today for about 30 minutes of some different things that we can do. And I sent him a couple pieces of my writing, a couple articles that I put together, one about Kevin's uh, Conscious Cigars, you know, because they're doing a cigar blog, so that would be cool for them to know about him and his new cigar line and maybe reach out to him. And then when I was featured in another article. So that was really cool. I'm really looking forward to seeing, you know, what opportunities come about from working with um, Reggie and his team. He has a team of people, so it's like three of them, like marketing and director of this is working on like sponsorships and stuff and i was like oh it's just me it's just me right so um i we had a whole conversation about that so that was kind of cool but um once his blog comes out on the first i'll share it on my page and maybe we can give them some love and some support on you know and see what comes out of that so that's really cool all right so Today, I was feeling a little, y'all know every now and then, maybe once a month or so, I get a little bit bitchy. So today was my bitchy day that when I get on Facebook and kick up dust about shit. So I'm going to tell you what it was about today. And I knew I was already annoyed early. So I'm in this Facebook group and they put in random, they put topics up about all kinds of stuff. You know, everybody wants you to engage. And we had like two whole topics about small men having small dicks so i was like so the first topic it was kind of like what would you give what kind of advice would you give to a man that has a small dick and so i'm look reading all the comments and stuff and i'm like these people are stupid as fuck like this is on my nerves like because i mean what right so I responded and was like, you know, none. You wouldn't give any advice because what we know, what we found out on Joy Exposed is that when a man is for you, you are for him and he's going to be capable of you, he will know how to love you. You don't give him advice on loving you. He will just love you. 
right? So that's that. He will love you. So I kind of left that. And I said, and besides, none of the dicks work if they don't get erect. So don't get caught up trying to run down a motherfucker with a big dick and it don't work. Like, that's a waste of your time. Or run down one with a big one and he treats you like shit. He ain't got no job or he need a mama. Or like, don't get caught. You can't get caught up in that. Like, that's not the thing that determines whether you are going to move forward in a relationship. Now, if that's your reason for wanting to fluck, knock yourself out. Fluck. Do it. But if you're looking for something long-term, don't let that be the determining factor of um, that's what you're going to do. So, you know, so that was, I read that comment. And now keep in mind, I've known a lot of these people for about five or six years. So I, we talk about all kinds of stuff in the group and we get together. I was with them that weekend before last. We get together and, you know, we, so we have like this virtual family thing that we do. So the post itself annoyed the fuck out of me. That was that post. And I, I offered my diplomatic response. I usually do. And then I saw another one, the same group, the same guy posted about the same thing. I can't believe it's men out here with little dicks trying to lay it down or whatever. And I'm like, this is some dumb shit we talking about. Like, why are you talking about this? I said, and the fact that this is a conversation just explains even more why women and men end up in these fucked up sucky relationships because of this conversation. Like, stop. How do you hold somebody accountable for something that they didn't choose? And so he was like, well, I'm not holding them accountable. I was just saying, I'm like, well, if you're making, trying to make light of or make fun of something because something they didn't choose, what's the point of that? Like, what the fuck is the point of that? And so somebody was like, well, who died and made you the spokesperson for the little dicks? I said, I don't think anybody died and made me the spokesperson for the little dicks. I said, but this conversation reminds me of my middle school classroom and I'm supposed to be in here with some adult motherfuckers. Like it's grown up people in here and y'all this age and this is your conversation. You should be like sixth, seventh grade talking about your dick is bigger than somebody's. Like this is child's play. And this is, we talking about people who want substantial, significant relationships, who want to be married, who want to be in relationships, who want to have somebody who's going to take care of them for the rest of their lives or when they get sick and you're going to get caught up on an appendage. Like, what the fuck? So I was really annoyed by it, but that's how I knew that I was in the bitchy space. I knew that today was not going to be my good social media day. So I tried very hard to limit my responses because I was like, I wanted to ask the motherfucker who posted it, well, shit, what kind of dick you looking for? And it was a guy who posted it, but I wanted to ask him, well, what you looking for? When you look, what you looking for? But I didn't. I was trying to hold it together. I just think that there's so much misinformation out there, and all people want to do is be in a space that somebody fucking loves them. Love unconditionally. That's what people want. Well, people who say they want, that's what they want. But when you have so much yucky information out there and you think that this is the thing that's supposed to be the thing, this is how you end up stuck in some bullshit. Mommying somebody, somebody treating you like crap, somebody gaslighting you, somebody not being held accountable, you taking care of somebody in your house in this crazy ass hell because the focus is on what? Because he had a big dick? No, that's dumb. And I actually 
I was annoyed by that today. So, you know, I, I responded to that and I responded to the person said who died and made me the spokesperson. And it's not that I'm the spokesperson for somebody with little dicks. I'm the spokesperson of receive me as the fuck I am. Don't try to change anything about me based on what you want or what you think. This is who I am. This is me. This is Joycelyn. I'm going to tell you right now, anybody I date, anybody want to make a comment about me, nobody will ever, ever, ever be like, oh, I wish you were a size eight. Fuck you. Keep a wishing. That's not me. And I'm not going to change my life upside down to make you happy for some bullshit that's not naturally who I am. I exercise. I stay in shape. I take care of myself. If you look genetically down my family tree, the women in my family, are I'm shaped like them. And if you look at my daughters, they're beginning to shape like me. Guess what? This is who I am. Sorry. Sorry. So you can't take somebody something and try to make it, you can't take somebody something and try to make it something to be pleasing to you. Take who I am, take who you are and love that shit. And if it doesn't fit into your little box of expectation, fuck you. You go somewhere with your little box. So that shit annoys me. And that, I don't even think, here's the other thing. When men talk, people talk about some man's dick being big or small, I don't even think men even know. When do men stand around and look at each other's dicks? When are they measuring? How big is mine? How big? Like any man on my timeline, you tell me the last time you stood side by side with another man and measured the size of your dick. I don't even think men know unless they're looking at porn and they be like, oh, that's a dick. His dick is smaller than mine. His dick is bigger than mine. What? But knowing from day to day, people walking next to them, men don't sit up making comparison of dick sizes. Men don't sit up doing that. So when I honestly think when men make those comments, they're kind of baiting comments for the women to get caught up in. I figure if you're making a comment about dick size, you need to have yours just hanging over your fucking shoulder. You need to be walking around with about an eight pound dick. You ought to be like, my dick's so big, I can't even keep it in my pants. That's how I'm making reference to everybody else's. But I think it's the baiting, because not debating, the baiting. I think it's people baiting to get women to be like, ooh, if he's talking about small ones, he must not have a small one. He must have a big one. And you know, women, we can be simple as shit like that, about stuff like that. So that shit annoyed me today. I hate, maybe I'm for the... <coughs> Maybe I'm for the underdog. I don't know what it is. But what I know is I'm for people being okay with who they are. That is the first step to getting to a place of understanding you and getting to freedom. So I don't play that. You don't get to, I don't even, I don't even sit up and talk about people. I don't, it, I don't understand it. Like, and I've said before, maybe I'm autistic. Maybe I'm on the spectrum. I don't know. But when somebody sits up and talk about somebody, I'm like, I don't get it. Like, it makes no sense to me. There's no humor in it. It To me, it's malicious. It's intentional. It's trying to hurt somebody. It's trying to make fun of something. Probably something that the speaker is insecure about. They got to point it out on someone to show that they're superior in that. Well, whatever. 
whatever. I had a conversation on Facebook and they told me I didn't understand the post. I was like, well, I'm fine with my, I'm fine with my answer. Shit. I read, this is what I read and this is what I understood from your post. I don't have to change my response. My response stands. And they were like, well, you're confused. I was like, oh no, I'm not confused. This is Facebook. It's not organic chemistry. I was confused in organic too. I was confused in biochem. Let's talk about some shit that confused me. But you and your simple ass way of talking is not fucking confusing to me. What you're trying to say or what you think you're saying, I'm responding to that. Because this, this doesn't make sense. So I don't have a problem with me being honest about myself and accepting me as I am. Of course, I've looked at myself and said, oh, I should change this. or I don't like my arms are flabby or maybe I should have plastic surgery on my tummy to get rid of these stretch marks or, you know, I've thought stuff like that shit for like five, a point of a half of a second. Like I ain't doing shit. This is me. I mean, and I love it, which is one reason I don't wear makeup. I ain't wearing no makeup. I don't wear weaves. I don't wear wigs. I can do all of that. But for me getting to the place of being free, for me understanding who I am and appreciating that, I had to literally strip myself down to where I can look at myself and appreciate God's work. This is God's work in me. God's work in me. If I'm looking at myself, pointing out things that I don't like or things that I feel insecure about, I guarantee you if God was standing next to me, I wouldn't have the same conversation with him. I wouldn't be like, when you did this, you fucked me up and I got a gap in my teeth and I wish you would have made my eyes like this and I wish you would have. You think I'm going to tell God he fucked up when I'm grateful every day for the blessings, for the opportunities, for the movement, hell, for the opportunity to be alive. I'm going to tell him he fucked up. When my vision is narrow in itself, all I can see is the space in front of me. That's it. That's what I see, the space in front of me. So when people are making fun and all of that stuff, I don't understand that. I don't understand when I, it just doesn't make sense to me because I figure if you have, if you didn't choose it, then what you going to do about it? I mean, seriously, what you going to do about it? So what? Men who think, oh, I got a little dick. They think because somebody talking about them, they got to go have an implant. Then they get to the doctor and find out their dick is average. Oh, your dick is average size. It's not little. Shit. And now what? All because of what you believe somebody else said or what you think it's supposed to feel like when you're having sex or if somebody's um, vagina is larger than you want it to be or what you expect it to be. That's all of that. It's all of that plays a role in it. Guess what? You think my my smallest child was eight pounds and 11 ounces. Do you think I have a narrow, tight vagina? You think it's just still like it's 18? Fuck no. My smallest baby was eight pounds, 11. My largest child was nine pounds, 10 ounces, and they were all natural childbirth. You think I snapped back to 18, 17, 18? Hell no. You think somebody that I allow to share in my space or to have sex with me is complaining about the size of my vagina? And if they are, so fucking what? So what you're complaining about it? I birthed children here. I had whole children. I was used as a vessel to bring life here. And you think because you feel like it should be different, I got to do something different? No, you figure it out. 
this is what we're doing. We're going to figure out how we're going to do it. But we don't get to sit up and complain about it or whine about it or none of that. I don't like that shit doesn't make sense to me. The size of somebody's forehead, none of that shit. Whether you're not kneed or bow-legged or none of that. I be thinking like, hey, nobody got control over that shit. We wasting time. We could be doing some grand shit, but we're going to sit up and try to poke fun at a motherfucker? Man, please. Not even with it. So those kind of things to me, and maybe I do feel protective over people. So I feel protective over people because I know that people feel bullied or made to feel insecure about things they don't have any control over. Or maybe I just feel like I'm on my mission to be like, why are we talking about this ignorant shit? Well, we supposed to be knocking down walls, moving forward, getting being free. Why are we spending time in this yuck space when we supposed to be moving it? So, you know, I probably got a couple of issues about it. It's all right. Call me on it. Tell me. Be like, girl, they was just playing. Yeah, whatever. I didn't think it was funny. Okay. Ha ha ha. Hilarious. What the fuck ever. I got shit I'm trying to do. And it's not to waste time sitting up talking about people, uh, talking about people and what they don't have any control over. This is who we are. This is how we were designed. And if you can't look at yourself and love yourself, if you can't look at yourself and love yourself or develop a relationship with the universe, with God, about who you are and where you're supposed to be moving to along your path, the noise that's around you that's holding you hostage, get rid of that shit. Sorry, get rid of it because you have to be a purpose when it's time to be a purpose. I talk about that every week. Y'all think I'm playing. Think I'm playing. Wait till it's time for you to do something and you can't do it because you've been sitting up listening to the noise. Man, please, whatever. So, that was my bitchy moment today on Facebook. I don't like that. Don't poke fun. I don't even make, I don't even joke and laugh, play fight. I don't do any of that. And I've always been really serious. I mean, it's just kind of my personality. But I don't do that. I'm not going to joke about you. Your big head ass. I don't say stuff like that. I, why? What, what am I going to say that to? Somebody I love? I'm going to try to talk bad about them, make them feel bad. Because what? Because that's going to make them, what, love me more? That's going to make us have a really good time? <laughs> no, that's not funny to me. And I ain't pretending. I, I just don't do that. So, yeah, how was my bitchy moment on Facebook today, boy? I was lit, lit, lit. So I was protecting the people today. So let's see. Um, what else? Uh, last Thursday, I told you guys on Wednesday night <clears throat> that I was flying to uh, Boston on a field trip with some students. So remember... I work at an alternative school, so my kids have been kicked out of the traditional setting. Yes, they have. Uh, they've been kicked out of traditional setting, and so we took them, 10 kids, to Boston. 10 kids, three chaperones. We flew out Thursday morning. We came back Sunday, and we had a good time. Now, I expect the kids to have some craziness happen. Because they're alternative. They're alternative. Even if they weren't alternative school, they're still kids. They're teenagers. They're going to try to do stuff. Blah, 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 blah. And we all did it. Stay up late. Try to sneak and drink something. Try to sneak and smoke. They're kids. That's what they did. You know, so. And I, I'm the not necessarily the cool one. I'm the one that has the lateral, the whip and the depth of my vision of situations. And that's a gift that I had to realize a lot of people don't have that. I'm able to see beyond 
in front of me, I'm able to see objectively and forward to see through a situation. So very rarely do I feel stuck in a situation. And I'll talk about this a little bit. Very rarely do I feel stuck in a situation if I can see myself through the situation. So, and even if I'm hesitant about going into a situation, if I can see myself on the other side, I don't stress it. I just go do it, right? So that's a gift of mine. I realize a lot of people don't have it. And when I even ask them like, well, can you see through next week? Can you see through Wednesday? Can you? And they're like, no, I just can't. I got to get through tomorrow first. People can't see that. So that's a gift of mine. I don't know what that's called or why I have it, but it definitely puts me in a good in a good space. So anyway, we travel with these kids. We go to Boston. The whole point for taking them to Boston is they grew up in Florida and they may have never even left the city in which they live and never been anywhere other than somewhere on the field trip, maybe never even been to a mall. You know, so we're gonna we took them to experience a different climate, cold weather, snow, just this freedom of movement, you know stay at a hotel. And it's funny because many of them haven't stayed at a hotel. Most of them haven't stayed at a hotel. So they get so much enjoyment out of being at a hotel that they want to spend most of their time at the hotel. They're not necessarily interested in leaving, going to see stuff. They want to go and um, they want to just stay at the hotel and hang out at the hotel. Really funny, but whatever. So <laughs> we got there Thursday evening and it, it gets dark at like four o'clock so it's not like we had all night so like 4 30 was dark already we weren't familiar with the subway system or anything so we did hang around the hotel they had a snowball fight late night and then in the morning on friday well friday morning we got up and we rode the subway to harvard and oh uh, it is a beautiful campus i'm i'm always i'm a student of life like right? so i'm a student of life i love that there's so much history and time and resources put into institutions of education. I love that. I love that you can be in a building that was built in 1850 something because it was built for education. I I'm, a, I'm an educator. I'm a proponent for education. Like everybody should have education. Like no one should ever say, college isn't for me, or this is, you're never learning enough. You're never learning enough. And so I push that for everybody. Put yourself in a position to learn something else. Anyway, so I went to Harvard, beautiful, beautiful campus. I took some great pictures and it was just rich, like not rich financially, just rich history. You could look at the architecture, the wrought iron, the bricks, the sculptures like copper sculpture sculptures you could just look at it and see the detail and that's me now a lot of people see it and be like whatever they you know you can't see somebody else's eyes these are these are my gifts so we went there and hung out while we were there it happened to be a protest on the campus the workers were protesting the wages and it was a picket line or protest line i guess it was called maybe 100 people and they were you know bumming a drum and singing the songs they want fair wages they want something with health health care and we sat there and we watched this you know we watched for probably 20 minutes or so and the stu <clears throat> our students were really into it because they'd never seen anything like this they never because we in florida you don't protest in florida you don't pick it like whatever the rule is, that's not something that you see in the state. <clears throat> so they were really into it, asked a lot of questions. 
one of the chaperones was able to tie it in to a lesson that he had just taught on Cesar Chavez. So, you know, it was really just interesting when you see the classroom comes come to life and the kids really love that. So that was fun. And um, we hung out at Harvard and then we went to, what did we do after Harvard? Oh, we went to Chinatown. So they wanted to know, you know, why are we going to Chinatown? Why are we going to Chinatown? And you know, all of the port cities have these little, these communities where the settlers came in and they have these communities, Chinatown, just like Hong Kong. It looked, if you've been to Chinatown in New York, um, Boston, in Hong Kong, like wherever, it looked, the signs looked the same, the architecture, the decor, all of those kind of little ornamental things, exactly the same. So we had, our students were Mexican and Black and maybe two white American students, right? So out of 10, so maybe two white American students. Yeah, and so there's a lot of questions because they don't, why Why would you, what we're going to Chinatown for? What are we going to go to Chinese and da, da, da. And I'm like, it's just the opportunity just to see it, to see what it looks like, to understand that you're holding on to these pockets of culture because we get so caught up in what we know and where we grow that we don't think of anything else. So Chinatown is definitely a place in Boston that got a lot of kudos on, um, our list and it's recommended to go visit because it is really just kind of Chinatown. That's exactly what it is. The signs are in Chinese and um, the menus. And of course they have them in English too and just kind of the decor, right? So that was really cool. And uh, then we went back to the hotel. So that was Friday night. And then Saturday, it rained Saturday morning. But when we left, we went down to downtown Boston to do the Freedom Trail, which was great because I mean, we talk about the Boston Tea Party, the Battle of Bunker Hill, you know, so all the stuff you learn in school, you learn, you hear it, but then you get to see it and it's coming to life in front of you. So we did a tour of that. We had Boston style pizza. We went to the ice skating rink and then we left on um, Sunday morning. So it was really just a great opportunity. The kids had a blast and, um, and they were just talking about all the neat stuff they'd never done. They hadn't, hadn't flown before, hadn't been on the subway before, right? Um, all these things they had not done before and they had an opportunity to do them. So that was really very good. And I'm sharing this because even as adults, if you're limited on your movements, if you're limited on what your experiences are, you're limited on what your decision-making skills will be. You, the more you have to grow, you have to go, you have to see. And I'm not necessarily just talking about to the islands. We all want to go to Bahamas, to go to Jamaica, go down into the Caribbean. I mean, go to a place that challenges who you are. Go to the pla go to places that make you kind of stop and have to take a look around you to see how you feel in that space. That's something about myself that I have done. I've I've always done it even when I didn't have a choice. I had to move because that's how I traveled to see my dad. So we have to always, the more that we go, the more that we grow. The things that you want to see, even if it's in your neighborhood, even if it's in your community, places that you haven't been, go and see what it's about. And if you have a subway system, ride the subway, ride the subway, ride the bus system. And we get so caught up with our cars that you want to go from here to here in the car and you want to make it quick. Take the scenic route. 
enjoy it. Like I strongly, strongly, strongly suggest that to anybody. Plan something for you to do and you go enjoy it. So we finished that trip and now we're already talking about doing a trip in May, which is gonna go to, to be to Washington DC. And I've been to DC a few times, and um, but now they wanna take some students up there to visit the museums. You know, cost is always a factor because the, we're getting donors and sponsors to pay for the planes and the hotels and all the extra stuff. So cost is definitely a factor. But when you go to DC, whether you didn't know it or not, the museums are free. Those are government museums. Your tax dollars pay and keep those open. So those are, you know, go to DC, go visit a museum. Go, and I know you guys are like, I don't go to a museum. Yeah, you do. You absolutely do. I, the last time I was there, I went to the, african-american museum the smithsonian smithsonian african-american museum and that changed my life from the first time i went so i've been like three times but the first time i went changed my life and i'll tell you how it changed my life it changed my life because i realized in looking at the rich history of african-americans in the country coming into this country it changed my life and made me realize that i wasn't doing enough like i was lazy as a motherfucker working my eight hours a day I was lazy. My struggle was no struggle. I was living from paycheck to paycheck. I was doing me. But when you look at the history of people coming in here from all over the world, not just Africa, from all over the world, coming to the United States and the trauma and hard work that they had to endure just to live, I realized that I'm not doing it fuck enough. That I'm, I'm a joke. I'm, now think of it like this. I work hard. And I still felt like I was a joke. I still felt like people who died before me, people who died coming here, who were taken and brought here and forced to work and have a baby and keep working and to endure all of that, people who were hanged. And for, I ain't doing enough. I'm not even doing enough to show my appreciation for being here. So I that changed my life. That's probably a reason why I don't complain a lot. But it also says... You have to go and you have to grow. You have to look at things. You've got to look at situations and how you feel in it and what it means to you. So um, that's our next trip that we're playing when we go to DC. Now I'm going to wrap up. I'm going to, I talked about our sponsors and stuff. I got like 10 minutes left, but I want to talk about this last topic real quick because I've been talking about it for a little bit. And, um, you know, Christmas is coming up next week. So we will be here. I will be here Christmas night at nine doing a little joy exposed, maybe just kind of chatting with you guys to see what Santa Claus or what y'all got for Christmas, not just Santa Claus, but what you got for your other people. But this is what I was going to finish up with you guys. A conversation that I had with somebody on Facebook was about, um, with well, not a woman on Facebook, through social media, she contacted me, was about her guy asking her for money her man asking her for money. And I laughed because I'm like, girl, no man should be asking for no money. You know, and she was like, no, she was serious that, you know, he was on hard times and he needed some money and he needed, and I was like, well, who is he to you? You know, and she was like, well, you know, we've been dating and she was telling me, you know, kind of some backstory and stuff. And she was wanting to know what to do. And I was like, no, you, how, why you? Why you out of all the people that he knows? why you why is he coming to you for money and and she was like 
just because he knows that she can help or she could probably help or you know i was like no nah. i said first of all men who are dating men who see women as their women or somebody they want to be with they're not asking them for money men don't ask for money not from their women they don't and they shouldn't right so so when a man comes to you or comes and asks for money with their handout, expecting you to go and work and do all this and ask you for money, that's a no. And that's one of those red flags that we have to pay attention to, that that's not something that we want to do, right? That's not something you want to do to get caught up in that space. The only four people asked me for money in one day and they were all my kids. My, well, my daughters, my son, and my son-in-law who was traveling. So they asked me, all of them asked me for money in one day. And that's how I kind of explained to her. There are different levels to the way that you interact with people. Your children will ask you for money. Give them money. Your man doesn't ask you for money because he's your man. Your man doesn't want to ask you for money. Remember, it's his pleasure to take care of you. He wants to be able to take care of you. He wants to make sure that everything is in line to be able to take care of you. So that, and that's true. So a man coming and asking you for money, it's, it's a red flag. So that's a no. Why? Ask somebody else, go to his parents, go to his parents, go to his boys. You more, you gotta ask your boys for money before you ask your woman for money. I mean, they're your boys. More than likely you've known them longer. They know your situation, not your woman. So <clears throat> that kind of goes along with earlier we were talking about, hold people accountable for what they're doing. And you know, most of the time when, when people ask, people close to you ask you for money, if your man asks you for money, he may not pay you back. You know, it's I, because it's easy to get money from people close to us and not pay them back. It's easy to take from somebody close to us and not um, feel like we don't have to pay it back. And, you know, that's not a good position to be in. And uh, no, there's a something going around saying some singer gave their boyfriend half a million dollars for his birthday. Well, good for her. He is already a millionaire. So that half a million didn't really mean anything to him anyway. So, you know, it's not really a place for you to be like, oh, well, she did it. So I'm going to do it. No. I mean, if you're going to give cash for a birthday, give cash for a birthday. <clears throat> but a man doesn't go around asking his woman for money. That's putting you in a mommy position. And remember, you don't want to be caught up in the mommy position. So stay away from that. The beggars. And, you know, people are out there trying to use you. You look like you're doing well and they want to borrow a few dollars or they want to not just say no. Don't feel obligated to do that. So, you know, you give him money and then next thing you know, you're sleeping with him. So you're paying him to fuck you. So that's really not a good position to be in. So you have to really kind of keep whole people in their space that they're supposed to be in. Men are men and men are great. And men have a lot of ways to make money and to move things and to grow and those are the men that you want to deal with not the ones you want to take care of that you're buying clothes for you know women will say that i got to keep my man fresh and i got to keep him no you don't that's a grown-ass man you can keep your kids fresh because they're your kids and they're your responsibility but grown-ass man you take care of himself you take care of himself you just and he wants to take care of you that's what makes him grown so I wanted to make sure I mentioned that in there because that was a conversation that came up. I didn't know people really got stuck in that space. I had um, a few years ago, a friend of mine was telling me how she and her uh, boyfriend had gone out to dinner and he had forgotten his wallet. Well, he told her he forgot his wallet. And then, so they had dinner, 
and she paid for dinner and then they stopped at the store to get something. And we've had other conversations about this guy before that. So it wasn't a surprise, but then they stopped at the store. He wanted to get um, some kind of ice cream or something. And she pulled over and she was driving. It's like, okay, we're going in. And he was like, well, you're not coming in. And she was like, no, why? What do you want me to pay? And he was like, yeah, remember, I don't have my wallet. Well, he went to get out of the car and his wallet was in his back seat the whole time. So, you know, we, you know, that's shady, right? It's shady shit, you know, so you just don't want to get caught up in stuff like that. And you keep the lines very clear. And that's a, that's a no. Red flag for sure. Men asking for women for money is a red flag. So you, if a man comes to you for money, a place to live, those kind of things, remember, he's putting you in a mommy position. So when somebody puts you in the mommy position, you can't fuck them. You treat them like your kids. You don't blur the lines because they're not going to get to that place of being the man that you want them to be or that you desire for them to be. <coughs> that you desire for them to be. So, and remember, the whole goal is to not be held hostage by the bullshit. So you have to keep yourself focused in that. Keep yourself straight um, and knowing the things that are going to hold you hostage. So next week is Christmas. So we got a whole week to go before Christmas. Um, and I think that's about it. So remember any past episodes you can download from Spotify, iHeartRadio, Google Play, iTunes, YouTube, my website. And this is Joycelyn Wells with Joy Exposed. And remember, when joy's exposed, everything just feels better. I'll see you guys next Wednesday. Mwah. Kisses. Bye.